Welcome everyone, you are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. I am your host, the Sizz Dog. How's it going? You're all good? Yeah? I am fantastic. I had a great weekend. I took my lady to the Dandenongs for the Faulty Towers dinner experience, dining experience. It was hilarious. Now, I'm not a massive Faulty Towers fan. I think I saw it as a kid um, and I never really got it. Like, I think I was probably too young to get all the gags, but it came up on my Netflix about six months ago, 12 months ago, whenever it was. And I thought I'd give it a watch. And it's only 12 episodes. So many people think it's more than 12 episodes, but there's only 12. And it's they probably think there's more because it is so funny. But um, I absolutely love the show. And uh, I knew Danny loved the show as well anyway, before I, I'd seen it. So I uh, I organized the twins to be looked after for the night. And uh, we went along. Um now, obviously, it's not the original cast, like you're seeing actors portraying the roles, but the actors, to their credit, they destroyed it. The guys that played Basil, Manuel, and um, the lady that played Sybil, they did such a good job at nailing the mannerisms and the comedic timing of the original cast. You felt like you were watching an episode um, of the show. It was so good. By far, my favorite part of the night was at the very beginning. Uh, Basil walks in and he, you know, he's calling out the names of the, all the guests, you know, Smith, Table One, you know, all that kind of thing. And he called out Siriani, and my wife and I stood up and he said, Table Two, off you go. And we're like, you know, we're walking and off as we're walking to the dining room, you just in the distance, you hear, oh yeah, didn't have time for a haircut, did we? <laughs> Nailed it. It was so quick. Oh, man, what a great night. Um, so, yeah, if you want a fun night out, I can't re- recommend it anymore. It was so good. Go check out Faulty Towers, the dinner experience. Oh, man, what else is going on? I just got back from my mum's place. It was her birthday today, so happy birthday, mum. I uh, just got, got back from their place tonight, had a great dinner with the family, roast lamb, veggies. I am stuffed. We may not celebrate Thanksgiving in Australia, but right about now, I feel very thankful uh, for my family and the amazing dinner we all just enjoyed up at the Siriani House in research. So shout out to the Siriani clan tonight. We certainly wished mum a very happy birthday. This week on the podcast, I caught up with Frank Zamet and Frank Kappa of the Pass Outs. It was awesome to catch up with the guys. Uh, so stick around for a story that Zamet shares about his early days cutting his teeth on the Melbourne live music scene. It certainly pulls on the old heartstrings. Art of Turing is brought to you every single Tuesday. You can listen to Art of Turing on iTunes or the Google Podcasts app on your Android device. And remember, Art of Turing is part of the A Lot of Green podcast network. Uh, you can check out all the other awesome podcasts on their network at www.alotofgreen.com.au. There is some coarse language in this week's episode, so if you are listening with kids, it might be a good idea to throw on Ben and Holly's Little Kingdom and once they're dropped off at footy training, throw Art of Turing back on. Now let's take a moment for this week's sponsor. Episode 32 of Art of Turing is brought to you this week by the Cantina Band. Are you looking for an intergalactic band that only knows one song? Ever wanted to have music play at your cantina only for them to stop during a fight? He doesn't like you. I'm sorry. I don't like you either. You just watch yourself. 
We're wanted men. I have the death sentence on 12 systems. I'll be careful. You'll be dead! This little one's not worth the effort. Come, let me get you some. Then hire the Cantina Band. They may play instruments that look out of this world, but they sound remarkably like a 1920s swing band. I'm all right. Chewbacca here, his first mate on a ship that might suit us. Just so you know, Art of Turing is hosted by Wooshka. If you'd like to listen on your desktop, you can Google Art of Turing and follow the links to the Wooshka homepage. Before I get into my conversation with the passouts, I'd like to play you a snippet of a cover that Frank Kappa did a couple of years back. It's by North Lane, and the track is called Rot. There we go. There's a taste of Frank Kappa's drumming. And now I'd like to play a little bit of Frank Zamet's bass playing. Uh, here's a little more of our weekly theme music by The Pass Outs, a track called Start a Fire. go there's an example of frank's bass playing now let's sit back relax take a trip down memory lane with frank kappa and frank zamet and old mate sis dog from the past house
Welcome, everybody. You are listening to the Art of Touring podcast coming at you from the uh, the Siriani Studios. This is the fourth or fifth uh, episode coming to you from this space. And tonight, I'm very excited. I've got the members of the Pass Outs, past and present. Who knows what the future might bring? We've got Frank Zamet on the bass. How Good are evening. you, Frank? Yeah, great. Yourself? I'm great, mate. And we've got Frank Capita Casa on the drums. How are you, Frank? <laughs> you dropped that last name, man. Yeah, mate. <laughs> what are you doing? I love, I love oh, Frank Capita. I'm sorry. It's Frank How are you Kappa going, drums. mate? Frank Kappa drums. <laughs> How are you, boys? You all right? Yeah, really well. Yeah, really well. Yeah. You yeah. good? Yeah. Well. Good to see you both, actually. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's probably been since the last time we put on the Pearl Jam show, I think, was the last time we were all in a room together. Start of the year. Was that January, wasn't Jan- it? Fe- Feb- I think it was February. Feb- February, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great yeah. gig. I remember that one. That, that was, was, one. was awesome, yeah. It was Yarraville, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. It was a nice big stage for once. It was huge. <laughs> yeah, with the amount of musicians we had, yeah, it had yeah. to be big. It was so nice. Ten of you, so had to be big. Yeah. <laughs> Far out. I remember we, we I got there earlier in the day and they were loading in all the gear and it was like subwoofer after subwoofer and PA mm. and lights and it was a huge production, man. A massive show. What yeah. a what a night. It was awesome. Yeah. It was a great gig. So obviously, you know, we, all, we go back a long time um, for some context for our listeners who uh, listen each week who may not know the history of the band. Frank uh, Zamet, uh, the bass player, when did we meet? We, we met um, playing gigs together, didn't we? Yeah, we did. That's Before geez. you were in the pass outs, we played... No, no, no. Like we did the no, Pearl, we did the Pearl, Pearl Jam, Jam thing first, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. Pearl Jam tribute band, Even Flow. Even Flow, man. Yeah. I think I've got a 50 of those CDs around here yeah, somewhere too. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I found a couple the other day no actually shit. clean out the garage. <laughs> yeah, man. That early Photoshop <laughs> wizardry of Siriani came, came in handy, man. Yeah. Paint. I think, uh, yeah, right. No, it wasn't paint, man. It was Photoshop. <laughs> don't, don't throw me on the bus. Um, and so, yeah, I joined that band. Because how how did I join that band? How I, did you advertise? Yeah, for I think it? we would have been advertising through mail bands at the time, which is yes. one of the most popular sites to advertise for mm. a position. And um, that's how we came across. Yeah, we used to rehearse mm. at that place in Coburg. That's right. Yeah, what was that place called? Mate, you got me there. I know where it is. Yeah, in Coburg, Coburg North, it was. was. It Nikki or. Vinny or oh. the mate that was there all the time, remember? Yeah, the big he fella. It, yeah, he ran it with the motorbike. Oh, he always had like motorbikes, motorbikes parts everywhere. everywhere. Oh, yeah, parts I remember everywhere. that was remember my that? first rehearsal place really? yeah. with you guys. Yeah. Oh, man, that was free. It was a great place. It was cool. It was really good. It but that's going to... back, what, about 12? Uh, no, it's like 2005, man. Yeah, 12. He's been there. He was there that long. Yeah, man. Yeah. Before then, too. Corey. That's it. It was Corey. Yes. That's right. That was him. And so we we did the Pearl Jam tribute band together. So that's how we met. That's right. Mm. And we did that for about a year or so, I reckon. Yeah. We did a few good gigs. We, we got to play the hi-fi bar, yeah, man. Yeah, with Kistroya. Supporting Kistroya. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Still, even though we were doing the covers thing, I still wear that like a badge of honor. Like, be able to say you've played the hi-fi bar. Yeah. Which is now Max Watts. But that's that right. stage has hosted like iconic bands, man. And to say that we freaking played it, that's yeah. awesome. It is. I still remember that. And I actually found the backstage pass the other day, too. Oh, really? I've still got it. No <laughs> shit. Yeah. That's sick, I've still man. kept it, yeah. Yeah, Just, yeah. And the post. I've got a poster, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a great gig. I remember that gig. That was weird. That like, was probably the best gig that we did. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. It was such a great show. And we, we took it seriously, too, man. Like, we... We would put together a unique set list every time we did it, just like Pearl Jam did. 
or do rather. Yeah, it was very we're like, different. Well, if we're going to yeah. do this, we're going to try and you know pay respect to, and you know, we, you've got two of the biggest Pearl Jam marks in the friggin' country mm. in this tribute band. We, we were taking it pretty serious. Yeah, you know, it was great fun. I remember they're probably one of my favourite. What year was times. that? Oh, yeah, about 2005, 2006. Yeah, around that time, yeah. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was really good fun. I think I'd done some gigs um, with Little Eric, which was my first cover band, but I hadn't... I don't think I was doing that anymore. And I saw the post on Melbourne, mm. which essentially was the Facebook of the time, mm. um, you know, to how, how to find gigs. Because now there's, you know, there's all the musos looking for bands and bands looking for musos. Like, I don't think... Is Melbourne's even a thing anymore? Is, that's no, still, it's still going. It's still there? I think it's still going, okay. yeah. I might have to go on Melbourne's, mate. Yeah. See if there's any bands <laughs> looking for a singer at the moment. Uh, <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so that's how we met. And then, obviously, after that, the pass out started kind of getting up and you played in a band called... Oh, it was Orange Moth, I think. It was. No, Cognito. Cognito. Yeah, that's right, yeah. That Cognito. was the Orange Moth. Oh, that was... <laughs> There's another band. Oh, there was... Yeah, that was before... Before Cognito. No, it was after the Pearl Jam stuff, I think. Okay, well, we'll have to keep yeah. remember that because we have to remember that one. Yeah. All right, because now I'm going to switch gears and um, direct my next question to... Well, not question, but a bit of context for our listeners. Frank Kappa... How do we know each other, mate? Oh, well, um, you're actually my uh, old music teacher. Music friggin' <laughs> teacher, eh? Good old Simonica's College in Epping. Yeah, uh, I'm still there, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still there. You're going to live there forever. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm around the corner, dude. So unless they give me RE or something, you know, oh, year seven and eight RE, I'm, I'm not going anywhere, you know, and they can't give that to me because I can't teach that. I never got the Catholic teaching qualifications. So, <laughs> you know, I'm stuck teaching junior music or, or whatever it is. But yeah, you were, you, were, um, you were in my class. You were even in my very first homeroom as well. Ten, That's right. Ten yeah. green. Ten green. I remember that. And I remember also you were running late, you know, and I'm like, come on, Frank, get in class, chop, chop. And I clapped my hands and old mate, full of beans, turns around and goes, don't, don't, don't say that. Don't, I'm not a dog. Don't clap at me. <laughs> I'm like, That's exactly how I sounded. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down, mate. I just, I want you to get inside the belt. Steve, Steve coming out of my ears. <laughs> Fantastic. No, mate, you're, you're a great kid to teach. And, you know, we, uh, and then obviously you joined the vet music program. And um, uh, when I was looking for a, a, a drummer in the band, because, you know, Frank and I had been, uh, Zamet and I had been uh, uh, recording some stuff and we'd recorded the album. We didn't actually have a drummer at the time. We were like, you know, That's like, right, maybe, yeah. maybe Kappa would be the man. You just finish your 12 and it wasn't, you know, it was okay then to for us to see each other outside of school. Mm. I thought, you know what? He's, and you even played on all the demos as well. Yeah, pre production. We, pre production, yeah. man. Yeah. So you, I did the full album. Very much ingrained <laughs> in, in that before. Before we even, you know, recorded the record, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's how um that's how we know each other. So, um, I'll I'll, I'll switch back now to um to Mr. Zamet. Mr. Zamet, where are you from, mate? Where did you grow up? What's the story there? Oh, I grew in the West. Um, nice town called Saint Albans. So, oh yeah. Yeah, very uh, ethnic place growing up. A lot yeah. of Europeans. Um, it was a pretty rough neighbourhood, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. yeah. A lot of um. I think heroin, heroin was the big thing at the time. Whoa. Yeah, so um, there's a fair bit of drug pushes and stuff like that. But 
you know, coming from a good family, I kept away from all that stuff. And yeah, I had yeah. always good friends around me too. Um, and we never got involved in that type of thing. But we obviously knew people being such a small neighborhood where we were living. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty rough, man. But oh, everyone wow. knew everyone, which was pretty cool at yeah. the time. But. You know, did any of that affect any of like your friends? Like, did you know people that were part of that? Yeah, scene? I, I knew a couple of blokes, and one actually passed away of a drug overdose Jeez. on heroin. So, Jeez. but that's how full on it was. Yeah, this is in your teenage years. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Far out, man. So, yeah, but look, you know what? I think it made me really stronger mentally and physically as a yeah, person. Man. More street smart, you know. Yeah. Um, but growing up, it was always. About the music too, yeah? I yeah, think that's right. what kept us all preoccupied. We'll be in the cars listening to music, listening yeah. to metal and rock and, yeah, and just, yeah, I think that's what kept me preoccupied. And then, yeah, picked up the bass at an early age and Yeah, so was there work. any musos in your family? Yeah, my grandfather was a folk guitarist and singer in Malta. So Is my that background's right? Maltese, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just so, learning that. Yeah, yeah so, um, yeah, he was in a folk band. My auntie was a guitarist also. Mm-hmm. Um, my cousin's a guitarist. Um, yeah, so anyone yeah. like have you got any brothers or sisters? Yeah, I've got three younger sisters, but none of them are musical. None of them musical, except my no, the second eldest. She's got a great voice, great singing voice. So oh wow! That was something that she should have pursued, you know, in you know after school, after and, school and stuff like but that. She but she never did. Yeah, yeah, right. Which is a shame because she did really, really well. So you were the that. only one um, in the band that uh, pursued it after school. And like started yeah, playing bass just did that. it for shits and gigs and yeah, just yeah. played a bass guitar, played the bass guitar. I was going to play guitar originally. Yeah. And a mate of mine said to me, Frank, you know what? Bass plays are hard to find, good ones. Yeah. He goes, why don't you pick up the bass? And from then on, I picked up a bass and I've never looked back. Yeah. So, so what year was that? Like what year were you in in school when you started playing the bass guitar instead of the guitar? Oh, I would have been, I probably picked it up after, I was no, 16, so I would have been about. Year 10. Yeah. Yeah, right. No, year 11 I was. Year 11? Yeah, year 11. And did you play in a band at school? No, no, no. My mate would always come around with his guitar and yeah. we'll play in my bedroom. Oh, we'll okay. We'll just be just covering Metallica, trying to cover Metallica. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And Guns yeah. N' Roses, yeah, you know, the bands at the time before. Yeah, right. Yeah. It all blew up and grunge came through, and which was great. But, but um, yeah, man, yeah. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was really good music. It was a really big focus growing up. Far out, man. And did you get um, lessons on the bass guitar? I did get a few lessons, but a lot of it was bass tab. So I'd go on the internet, yeah, pick up the tab, listen to a song, and play along with it. And so I you taught yourself up. a lot. Yeah, learnt yeah. all the notes and the yeah, patterns and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. And yeah, and there you go. The rest is history, man. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Far out. What about you, um, Kappa? Where Where are you from? Where did you grow up? Uh, born and raised in Epping. Epping boy, hey, yeah. the lovely town of Epping. Yeah, which is now known as the Bronx. The Bronx, I've never heard that. <laughs> no, no, it's actually not, but I think it is. <laughs> I think it's a shit old I think sometimes, yeah. Oh, come on, man. It's sometimes straight, it's a bit rough. Man. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes. Maybe I don't really. I've got rose-coloured glasses on maybe, but yes. I don't know. I I would come to Epping before I lived here to go to the cinemas and to go to TGI Fridays. Oh, you love TGI? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're the man for love TGI. Love that TGI Fridays. Imagine if there wasn't a TGI in Epping. Mate, I wouldn't live here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> if it closes down, I've got to find the nearest one and park myself outside, mate. Jack Daniels Burger. <laughs> that Dak Daniels Burger, <laughs> mate. Dak Daniels. <laughs> Dak Daniels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, there you go. So you're from, from Epping. And um, when did you start playing drums, man? Uh, I was about... 12 years old. Yeah? Um, yeah, year six. Year six? Year six, I got a kit. I got a drum kit for my, I think it was, yeah, it was for my birthday. Yeah. 
Um, and like, I mean, that, I think it was, who was I listening to back then? It would have been Green Day. I was listening to the Green Day back then. Yeah. And yeah, Trey Like Cor- American Idiot? Or yeah, American Idiot. American that, Idiot. That album had just come out. Maybe, yes. Yeah. At the start of the year or something like that. Mm. And like Holiday was still playing on the radio. That was Jeez. a monster yeah. record. Like that blew up that album. Yeah. yeah that came out too. Was it 05, I think? Wasn't I was, it? yeah, 05. I yeah. was in year six. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I was listening to like Holiday and um, American Idiot and you know, mm. my f- my mate was into that as well. We'd listen to it together and stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, I just really wanted to... I just loved the drum parts and, yeah. like, even the film clips, like, the film clip of Holiday, I'd watch the... I'd watch Trey Cool and yeah. it was, like, awesome. I thought it was great. Yeah. And then um, shortly after, I started listening to Blink-182 and that was it. I was like, I need a drum kit now. You need a drum kit. <laughs> I need a drum kit now. Yeah. And because there is... Um I know that there is a, a bit of a, a lineage of, of musical people in your family. Hmm. Your dad's a, a, a singer, yeah, and your sister's a singer as well. That's right. So yeah, tell us tell us about that. Obviously, you, I mean, is, is your mum musical as well? Nah. No, 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 no. Just dad. Just the oldest sister and my dad. Yeah. Yeah. And so, what? Tell us, tell us what your dad does, man. Uh, so my father, for quite some time, he was the main attraction at the Swagman. For anyone above fifty. <laughs> The Swagman. Who, kn- who knows and remembers the Swagman. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was there six nights a week uh, as the main floor shows. He did a lot of floor shows, did a lot of um, Italian festivals. Like, Where was the Swagman? The Swagman was in Ferntree Gully. Oh, right. Yeah, it was called Malibu afterwards. So it was kind of like a theatre restaurant. Yeah, like dinner, dinner show. Dinner and a show. Yeah, dinner and a show, yeah. Six nights a week. Six nights a week. Fucking hell. Yeah, he was all about it. Yeah. And, what a um, gig. Yeah, oh, he killed it there. Absolutely. He'd have some stories. I should have him on the show. <laughs> <laughs> you can call him if you want. I will. You I'll might, give him a buzz. He might be here all night, though. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he loves telling stories. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was there. And then, yeah, yeah I mean, he did Moonbath a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um he did all sorts of festivals, the Ligon Street Festival, yeah, Christmas carols, you know. Everything. Everything, you name it, you know. Like, I remember even going to do a gig with him at the Art Centre. Oh, wow. Yeah, he had a gig at the Art Centre for an Italian community song. Like event, Something yeah. like that, yeah, event. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, he, yeah, he's been flat chat. Yeah. And he's still going, isn't he? <laughs> he does, yeah. He does um, here and there. He yeah. still gigs like once a month or so. Yeah, yeah, maybe twice a month or yeah, something nice. like that. Yeah, whatever sort of arises. Um, mm. But yeah, he... And so growing up in that environment, it. it was you were pretty much born to be a muso, really. I mean, you couldn't really escape it. You just, But you were like, well, you know, Dad does that, but I, I really kind of dig the drums. I'm going to pursue that. Yeah, I mean, even for a long time, like when I was hassling, I was hassling my parents for a drum kit. Yes. They were like, why do you want to learn drums? Why? Hmm. Why would you want to learn drums? Who wants to learn drums? Yeah, right. Play play piano, play guitar. I'm like, no, I don't want any of those instruments. I don't even want to learn how to sing. Like, I just... Just want those I drums. just want to play drums, yeah. 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 And, yeah, we had a lot of arguments for a long time when, really? I, was, when I was 12. Yeah, I, I was like... You were adamant and then Holding eventually... my breath, turning blue. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, they caved in. Yeah, they, they saw caved, how yeah. serious you were. Yeah, they bought me a kit, and yeah, I mean, it wasn't the greatest kit, but yeah, it got me to learn. And then, yeah, shortly after, I got a fairly decent drum kit. Remember yeah. my pearl? My pearl was my my first 
a real big purchase. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's basically and, it. And, you, and your sis sings as well. Mm, she's still going. Yeah. Sarah C is her Sarah C. stage name. Sarah What's your dad's stage name again? Paul Toussaint. Paul Toussaint. That's, that's right. right. Yes, Paul yes. Toussaint. I love how you guys all have your stage names. Because like, I, I dropped the Capita Casa at the start of the podcast and he, he gives me this looks like, David's Frank. It's Frank Kappa, mate. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I don't want anyone knowing I'm a wog. Own <laughs> 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 that shit, bro. I do own it, but yeah. Of course, just... no, I know on Instagram you're Frank Kappa and it's cool, man. It's cool. <laughs> I get it. I'm dog on the Instagram, so there you go. We've That's all got right, a stage yeah. name, don't we? Hey? Not me. You Not don't you. need one, mate. Zamet is no, cool no, as yeah. fuck. Frankie Z, mate. Frankie Z. Your name is a stage yeah. name, bro. <laughs> it's fantastic. I called him Size Dog when I got here. Oh, Size Dog. He pulled out the Size Dog straight. Straight away, soon as he got here, he starts winding me up. <laughs> For the listeners, that is certainly an in-joke. I have um, a number plate, the personalised plate, says dog, not size dog, but as soon as I showed the boys, I was so excited. Like, guys, check out my new number plates. And then it wasn't even you guys, it was, it was Rick. Rick, yeah. Ricky boy, um, <laughs> who appeared on episode two of The Art of Touring, for those playing at home. I listened to that. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, it was funny. Thanks, man. And he, um, he goes... S- Size dog. <laughs> I'm like you fucking <laughs> And so I think I told you guys a story, yeah, and you guys stuck. just yeah. stuck. Like, hey, size dog, Gaylord. Hey, go, man. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm great, boys. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm great now that I'm here with you guys <laughs> stitching me up. Fantastic. A little uh, friendly banter. Oh no, it's all, it's all good, mate. It's all good. I've got a thick skin. Um, and so, yeah, you you start playing drums, dude, and you start uh, like at St Monica's at this point because you you started learning at grade six. But did you did you didn't form a band or anything in grade six? Surely. No, no, no. I um so I tried. Well, basically, I taught myself in grade six. Yep. Um, and what was one of the first. Yeah, the first sort of song I actually learnt how to play properly mm. was Touch the Sky by Kanye West. Oh, really? Yeah. On the drums? W- yeah, that was the first sort of song I could play a beat to yeah, right. and sort of keep it. Yeah. Um, what, hang, let me ask this bloke here. What was your first song you ever learned on the bass? I had to learn Under the Bridge, actually. Yeah. Chili Peppers? Yeah, no, but oh apparently it was. when like, Yeah, my music teacher at the time, like for once I started learning the patterns and the notes, he yeah. goes, I want you to learn this song, Under the Bridge. Sure. The first song I played, because I mean, I can't remember the first song I sung, but I know the first song I could actually play on guitar and sing at the same time was My Happiness by Powderfinger. Yeah, that's a great song, but... It's a good song, but it's like, yeah, that was like the entry level for me, because it was only a a bunch of, uh, you know, like standard chords, Mm. so I could kind of do it. Um, And so, yeah, you're, um, you're playing the drums. yeah. And you're, uh, what were we fucking talking about? Yeah. What was your first song? Touch the Sky by Kanye West. Yeah, yeah, please continue, yeah. Yeah, and then I basically taught myself how to play that. Yeah. You know, the only reason I taught myself how to play that was because I was listening to um, this band called Boxcar Racer, Mm -hmm. and that was the, basically, Travis Barker and Tom, Tom, is it DeLong? I can't remember. The lead singer. DeLonghi, yeah. They both went and they formed that band as well. And they were playing together in that band. And I was listening to this song, and it's called I Feel So, and I loved that song. Yeah. It was such a good song, but I could not play it for shit. Like, I was terrible at it. Too hard. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. Travis Barker just killed it. Oh, he's a great drummer. He's an animal. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, and Touch the Sky was playing um, back then as well. Mm. And yeah, so I, I learned that. Obviously, probably the easiest sort of stuff was the couple of ACDC songs, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, But yeah. Um, I didn't get into that until much later. Um, Were you getting lessons yet? No, no. I got lessons in Year 7 when okay, I started. Okay, so for, for the first six, 12 months, yeah. they're having the drum kit in the house. You were just like kind of listening to stuff and figuring it out yourself. Yeah. And not until you got to Year 7 when you actually got lessons. Yeah. Yeah, right. And so how was that transition from like what you taught yourself in the kit to being taught like from your teacher? Was that difficult? Or? Boring as shit. Oh, really? Yeah, you, you it was didn't... boring, man. Who was your... Oh, I don't want to stitch him up, but like... Or her up. Oh, no. You um, have to say who it was if you thought it was boring, but like you, they just weren't giving you what you wanted at that time. No, I mean, obviously, like when you, when you come into... When you come into it with no discipline, you don't really... You don't really want to take it on board, right. you know, at the start. And that was probably the biggest thing for me. Like I rock up... I already know how to play like some sort of pop, you know. Yeah. Rock music, sure. and he sticks a, you know, a set of four bars in front of me, and it's just a simple rock beat, and I'm like, what the, f- like, what, what are we fucking doing here, you know? Yeah, teach me a song. Don't like, teach me these beats. Yeah, and, um, you know, and he's, and then. So how long did you get lessons for? Oh, probably six months, and, and then like thought- six. Yeah, I mean, even I played, I played a beat in front of him, and he was like, oh shit, like. You can play that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I go, yeah. So you never even paid attention to you? Nah. Yeah, right. Nah. And that sucks, man. Yeah, and then, yeah, I was, shortly after I got, I started getting proper lessons at Drum Tech. Okay, yep. Yeah, and um, that's when I really sort of kicked it up. It. Yeah, kicked yeah, it up a yeah. notch, yeah. So this is like year eight, year nine kind of thing? Yeah, about year eight, yeah. yeah year yeah. eight was when I started. And that's, I mean, that's when the band sort of formed as well, the, the boys in the school. Yeah, and so what was that band called? Uh, it was Drowned Affection. Drowned Affection, yeah. yeah. And so that was um, Josh D. Rosario. Yeah, um, Matt Kammer. Matt Kammer. And Matt Catolico. And Matt Catolico. Yeah. You guys formed that band. And that, and you guys like were a legitimate like force to be reckoned with. Like You were a band. You had a name. You had songs. You were established. By the time I taught you guys in year 10, you guys had already had a bunch of songs, already had played a bunch of gigs. Yeah. I was like, geez, this school is insane. They've got bands coming out of their ears. It's amazing. I'm going to have a great time here. You were the anomaly. No one has ever done that since. Yeah. I haven't been to, like, I haven't taught a cohort of kids where there's actually been a band where they all go to the school and they all like actively want to be in a band together so that was cool man yeah. I, I was so blown away by that when i first met kappa i was like man this is cool you know you still gave me shit in class like you know 16 year olds yeah, do but at the same time <laughs> i earn your money yeah you know gotta earn your money that's true it's not meant to be an easy gig dave you know the teenagers you're dealing with on the daily but um, yeah, so tell me about that band. Like, um, you guys were all into the same kind of music. Well, not really, because you were telling me pop punk, but that band wasn't fucking pop punk. That was that um, post screamo, hard, post hardcore, yeah, post hardcore stuff. So why did you decide to go that in that route? Yeah, but I mean, look, uh, for a, for quite a long time, when it first sort of started, we just did covers. Okay, and we just learnt music to be able to play together as yes. a band, you know, and um, obviously. Catolico being the the you know lead guitarist, he mm. he sort of came into it. He came to, came into it with ACDC, like he lived by Angus Young, right? And so there was That's a lot of love those yeah, guys, there he? was a lot of rock, <laughs> like heavy, like real heavy rock influence in the band at the start. But it was all that 
just to learn how to mm. be able to play and you know actually be a tight sort of little unit unit yeah yeah and um it wasn't probably until like a year of a year of playing that sort of shit mm. until we like we actually started picking up covers of you know bands that were in that that musical genre post hardcore ah you know like bullet from valentine back yeah. then they were you know the shit what were they playing back then i think it was the the Poison album or something like that. Yeah, yeah it would it have was, been. It was the Poison yeah. album. And that was yeah. wow. fucking cool. That was a great, it's a great album. album. Yeah. yeah. And, wow. And, um, yeah, like, Bless the Fall, fucking um, Escape the Fate, you know, and all all that shit, like Trivium. Trivium was a really good band as well. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, like, once I've, I've, you know what, like, all shit aside, and I say this about that genre as well, like, fuck the screaming. Yeah. You know, like, people can't listen to it because of the screaming and shit like that, but fuck the technicality behind, oh, dude. behind that genre. 100%. Like, every instrument, you know, has a master, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty full on to listen to and to kind of, like, consume because it is... Like you said, the, the screaming aspect of it, take it or leave it, if you like that or you don't, whatever. But the musicianship behind it is out of control. Yeah. Mm. You know? Like, I remember you guys showed me um, a uh, the way you would kind of write your tunes and you get on this program and, like, oh, yeah. program Gu- the guitars and drums and everything. Guitar Pro, yeah. Guitar Pro. And then you'd go, oh, here's the new song. And you're like, what the fuck? You're learning the song from a program? But, like, you programmed all the tunes into it. Yeah, we basically wrote it all before yeah. we even touch the kit or yeah. a guitar or a mic or anything, yeah. Yeah, and I, I would I would sit back on what is this guitar pro program? How the hell are they doing this? <laughs> and I still don't know how you did it, but like you know, it was it was really cool to see like another way of going about creating music, you know. Because for my experience, I would like grab a guitar, start banging out like a melody or 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 a chord structure, and see would would kind of fit, you know, mm. like making pasta you know trying to chuck something to the fridge until it sticks yeah. you know and then when you find that hook or that riff or, or that melody idea melodic idea that sticks then you do it but you know that was a completely different way of looking at it like getting a program and kind of programming in you know the the melody and the drum beats you know and everything first and then building the song from there i think it was mainly because none of us could read <laughs> we yeah, couldn't read right. we couldn't read music yeah. It was really unorthodox because, you know, a lot of bands just get together and they jam out, you know, yeah. like Parkway Drive, you know, they yeah. just set up, they set up, they sit around, you know, facing each other, Metallica, mm. they all do that sort of shit. They just record the whole session yeah. as they're going through and they think, oh, fuck, that sounds sick, you know, that yeah. sounds good, let's keep that, let's take this. Um, but, yeah, we couldn't really, like, I think we sort of wrote it in that sort of aspect so we could actually learn the tabs. Right. And then, like, we'd add the drums to it as well. So, like, while we were there. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah. That's right, because Guitar Pro actually created the tabs for you after yeah. you put the music into it. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're already learning, like, used to learning like that, then that's the perfect way to kind of get your head around yeah, your tunes. Of yeah, of course, yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. And so, um, Drowned Affection, you started writing your tunes, gaining some momentum um, at school. And what were the first gigs you were doing? Were you, like, doing those, like, underage, like, push festival? festival kind yeah, of gigs? Freezer. Freezer. Freezer gigs. Yeah, like at the Epping Memorial Hall and all yeah, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, we did a couple of them. We did. Yeah. Um, we were even doing it for Darabin as well, yep. which um, is Reservoir. Yes. Um, yeah, so the first the first real gig that we had, um, 
it wasn't our mate's backyard because that was the first gig we had, but yeah, yeah. it wasn't a real gig. That was just fucking terrible. I don't yeah, ever want to like, talk about that again. <laughs> Why? What happened? Oh, just oh, my my drum kit fell apart. No one. Yeah, oh, and, what? Yeah, we were just playing out in the backyard to each other, like basically, you know, like, no PA we're, or nothing. Like, yeah, we had a, a PA, but it was like. Not really. It was like, <laughs> like a guitar, a guitar amp with a mic coming out of it. Right. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and you know, everyone's voice was distorted. Oh, dude. <laughs> but, was um, it for like a party or something? Yeah, it was for a mate's party. Of you course, just had to man. Get together, yeah. You did the party gigs too, yeah. Back in the I day, I did. I did a couple actually with Cognito. We did a couple of them. Yeah, uh, right. But we were probably a bit more established and more professional than what these guys would have been. <laughs> we were like. I, I meant like at school because like I certainly did the high school parties, you know, yeah. like in the band at school. Like. I, I didn't know. We, we well, just you were saying you did the jamming in the yeah, bedroom. Yeah, we that. did jamming in the bedroom. That's what we did. We, yeah. I, I think we were really shy too when we were younger. We didn't really want to, we didn't even even think of doing that at the time. Because, like, well, I mean, if it's just you and a mate, they, you don't have a drummer to work mm, off, you don't have a singer to work off. Mm, it would have been a quite isolating experience for you with yeah. just yourselves. I mean, at least you had that one mate who was into mm, it though. Yeah. Mm. Look, it was, it was great fun. You know, we yeah. learned a lot <laughs> off each other. And yeah. I think... Later on, I think we became more confident with each other and the way we were playing and our mm. playing ability before we decided to get other band members in. So Yeah, yeah. right. Mm. Um, so, Kappa, you were saying about the gig that you did at the um, at the Darabin? Yeah, Reservoir. Reservoir? Reservoir Hall. I can't remember exactly So, what after the rubbish gig at the party, yeah. you're like, sweet, now we've got a real gig, we better fucking make, make, make I know. this good. I was like, I was going after school to these meets, you know? Yeah. Like, to these you know, setups and, and community meetups and shit like that so I could get the band's foot in the door. Right. You know, and I was getting on the train after school, riding all the way to Reservoir and then getting off and walking to the, the you know, the town hall where, you know, Edward Street where the police station is. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, having those meetings and then finally like, oh, yeah, well, let's throw let's throw a gig together. Yeah. And um, there was a few other few other people that listened to the same sort of shit as, as I do. Sure. Well, not shit, it's great stuff. But Music anyway, here, yeah. um, and we were like, well, one of the one of the sort of breaking through but really good artists back then bands. I'm not even sure if they're still around. They're called the Bright Star Alliance. Okay, and we managed to secure them. Right, and we were playing, supporting. Yeah, so Drowned Affection was supporting the Bright Star Alliance, and we were like going nuts you know you couldn't believe it yeah we couldn't believe we were going to have this gig you know playing with a band that we listened to and mm. you know it was like probably, a melbourne band were they yeah yeah they did all those um bang and next and oh so in that plastic. genre yeah, they were like yeah. really big in that yeah, scene huge, yeah, yeah. yeah cool. they were touring australia as well and, yeah you know doing all that sort of stuff but um yeah i mean we had that gig and that was awesome it got rained out it rained fucking fat the whole day really and they had they, they had this you know this cool plan to to do it out in the car park and and oh, have like no. skate skateboarding people and yeah. you know all this sort of shit and and it got washed out completely so we oh. had to move the gig inside and and yeah. we played with um yeah we played with them and it was like still awesome it was great there was no people one there still, but it was awesome oh people didn't come out there for was, it there were a few people there there was maybe like 20 or 30 people but oh bummer it was like you know empty the hall welcome basically. to Melbourne I know putting <laughs> on an outside gig mate killer forget about no it no way and so would you looking back in that time of the band was that probably the worst kind of like experience you had or was there something even worse than that um 
Yeah, look, I mean, yeah, in terms of that was obviously in, she didn't in terms of yeah, in terms of gigging, like we've been we we were pretty lucky. Yeah. Um, well, tell me about the best one you did. Oh, uh, probably I'd say there was that. There was also um, Barrow Road Festival. Oh yeah, yeah, we did that one year. Oh no shit, and we got paid for that too. Yeah, man, it's yeah. a great gig. And we were like sixteen years old, and we got paid two hundred bucks. We were like, whoa, dude, you know. <laughs> We're yeah, man, believe I believe it. I emailed them uh, just the other day. The passouts might be getting a gig there next year. <laughs> you never know, mate. We'll get jump back on that golf cart, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to return. <laughs> That's it. No, but um, yeah, no. The Barry Road Festival as a teenager that would have been awesome, dude. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was awesome, and um, it was like a nice, nice set up stage. The smoke yeah. machine was a fucking thing. So that oh, that really? did my head in. That smoke machine. I don't they know always if you guys, have it at the back. I don't know if you guys have seen my profile picture. I'll show you guys later. But mm. basically, this smoke machine was like right here. And yeah. basically right next to my head. And it was just <laughs> this smoke. I couldn't even see the kit in front of me. Like. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah, I know. But it was there. It was an awesome gig and you know, yeah, great yeah. back line, great kit, great... You know, family came out. Great day. It was warm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was probably one of the best ones. And so, when did you guys like stop playing music? Because I think you guys were still a band even all the way through year twelve, weren't you? Or, or you, did you stop before then? No, we yeah, we basically ran all the way, all the way through high school from year yeah year seven or eight till year twelve. Yeah. And then I mean, obviously, Josh and and Maddie both had VCE. Okay. So you know there was like. Oh, I have to study, and it's like, yeah, cool, man. You know, I understand completely, and yeah, and um, I guess it just sort of dropped off, like right, yeah. You know, everyone was everyone was eighteen and sort of doing their own thing, and it was just like, see ya, you know. There was no like, um, yeah, one thing. It was just kind of combination of things that meant like, I uh, just, just kind of disbanded organically it wasn't like someone really got pissed off at the other person or anything like that no no there was no, no there was, was no bad blood no, between no any of us yeah. no no oh, nothing good, like man. that but um it's just yeah it's a Band it's upsetting sometimes, it's yeah. upsetting because like i remember for a long time it was like we're gonna play a, a bang you know we're gonna do the gig yeah when we turn 18 yeah we're gonna play bang and it's gonna be great you know and now bang nightclub is closed right and you think shit like if you did only you know if we had pursued it just that little while one longer, or two more years, especially because yeah. even you know Josh's Josh's older brother was in the band and mm-hmm. and like he was playing Bang Nightclub and Next and and stuff like that and we really we saw a platform to be able to go. So Josh's older brother was in another band. He was in he was in a band as well. He was he was in a band for the same whole time as us. Like, oh right, yeah, what was in that a different band called? Band. Um, first it was Majesty. I think it was called Majesty at the start. Okay. But yeah. same kind of genre. Yeah, same kind of genre. Ah. They supported they supported Kiss Troyer as really? well. Yeah. Huh. At Musicland in Faulkner. Musicland, dude. <laughs> did you ever do Musicland with the Pass House or was that before your time? I think it was before. Oh, I think it was, yeah, yeah. It was a different yeah, we only did that once with that with that other gym guy. But yeah, no, the Pass House did the Musicland gig. Oh wow. Yeah, man. <laughs> Music yeah. land, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's still around, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it goes yeah, every Saturday night. Yeah. It goes off. Yeah, it's it's still like a real community down there, you know. Yeah. So yeah, they did that, and um, oh, that's wild, dude. Yeah. And so then we kind of come to you joining the Passouts. Yeah. In yeah. Two thousand and. I'd say eleven. Eleven, it would have been, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, because mm. we, you. Well, what what year did you graduate? 
2011. So you, 2012, you joined the band and we gigged 12, 13, and then launched in 2014. So you were in the band for like two and a half years before we played the album launch. Yeah. Oh, far out. Oh, that freaks me out. <laughs> I couldn't... I, I mean, that makes sense now, thinking back, but um, it's... It's it's hard because as a teacher, the years kind of blend into each mm. other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but that's life as well. But at least we have those, um, you know, those those certain markers that kind of go. Oh, well, you finish your twelve then, and then I know that the album launched in in the start of fourteen. So that makes sense. Yeah, that's how long you were in the. Band. I remember my first gig with you guys. Yeah. Oh, what was that? Was tell, that? Me, yeah. tell me about that. Somersault, Somersault Festival. That's right. Was that the first Caroline gig? Springs. Yeah. Really? Yeah. First gig with you guys. Far out. Oh, yeah, I remember. And then I think maybe the second one was Revolver. Yeah, on a Wednesday night. Yeah. It was at the upstairs gig, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, God. And I was, and I was like, keeping you guys at a fucking arm's length, hey. Yeah. Because I was like, hey, can you fill in? Oh, I've booked another gig. Can you fill in again? You know the song. Yeah. And you both were like, I'm talking about Matt, Matt Catolico mm. now. Yeah. Because um, Frank and I obviously were, mm. you know, were in the band, but mm. I was keeping you at arm's length because we'd had so many people fucking leave my band. Yeah, Over that's a right. Over 10, 10-year 10 period, yeah. at that time, eight-year period, I was like, I would just, I just want to use people, like hired guns kind of thing, mm. you know? And I was looking at, I don't think I even really even paid you. I was like letting you just have the experience, man. I was exploiting the fuck out of you two. And then you both <laughs> kind of came to me at the end of that show. I was like, Dave, we, we kind of want to be in the band now. Like, is that That's cool? right. I remember like, that. Oh, yeah, all right. You're going to leave, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I was seriously questioning it when we played that Prague gig. <laughs> oh, really? Remember the Prague? Yeah, I remember the Prague, man. I was I, like, I, what the I, fuck? What, that was, why was that bad? Tell me why you have bad memories of that show. Do you remember that? Not really. Yeah, no, remember that? Where was what the Prague? Happened? It rings a bell. It was like, Thornbury. I think that's we were right. playing to the sound tech that night. Is that right? Yeah, don't you remember? You don't remember no, that? I don't remember that, no. Oh my goodness. I yeah, remember, it was in Thornbury. Yeah. And there was just no one there. Yeah, no one there. I remember wearing bright purple Leggings? Leggings. The Star Wars ones, whatever you No, got. they were just the purple ones. Oh, yeah. Because at a time there, I was like, you know what? I want to be like Justin Hawkins from The Darkness, even <laughs> though we don't play music like that, <laughs> and just dress up in weird shit. Oh, my God. So I wore those leggings on stage. You did on that stage, a, you mate. You did that a few times. A couple yeah. of times, yeah, mm. yeah. Look, you know, I mean, it is what it is. The front man's <laughs> got to be different, you know? Fuck, why not? I only live once, and it made me feel good about myself. You know, why not? <laughs> It feels good to wear leggings. <laughs> feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> what am I saying about myself? No, no, it was no, it was fun. But you're saying, yeah, right. There was no one there. Um, oh, that's sad. There you go. I'm, I'm surprised you don't remember it. No, I remember the name it. rings a bell. It does ring a bell. I don't know if we were playing with hardcore bands. Was it that night when there was hardcore bands? On the bill oh, with us, oh yeah, maybe and we headlined it. I think, didn't we? Yeah, we did headline. And they it. May, maybe all their fans maybe buggered off, and we just played to an empty nah, room. That, that would happen a lot. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what did happen. Yeah. Now that you say that, I, I think that's. I'm trying to recall the night, but I remember the name, the Prague. Yeah, I remember. I actually that place. looked at the the poster art for it the other day. I did. Oh, surprise, surprise! Star Wars themed. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> that's Prague. that's different. That's different, isn't that it? It is different. Yeah. You know, the pass outs in Star Wars are synom- synonymous. I was actually talking to um, my guest a couple of weeks ago, Sam Parry. Um, sorry, just last week, episode thirty, and he tells a story about a student of his because he's a high school teacher as well. And he, he knew that Sam was a big Star Wars fan. So he, he came up to him one day and goes, Hey, Sam, have you heard of the band The Pass Outs? Their, <laughs> their artwork is Star Wars 
like all over it. Have you, you know, you know, heard of that? You've seen it. It's awesome. <laughs> Thinking that Sam had never heard of the past outs and never seen the artwork, and so he just goes to the kids like. Yeah, yeah, I, I know that band. Yeah, yeah, Dave Sirianni. He's my mates with him. And this, <laughs> it blew that kid's mind. He's like, oh my God, Sam knows everybody, right? <laughs> you know? So take the piss out of it as much as you want. There's some kid in that school who knows our band because of our rad artwork. Yeah. So there you go. I'm pretty so there you go, yeah. What you, were you going to say? You were, gigging, you were gigging with someone else, I can't remember, and, and someone asked you, oh... Like, is this all you do? And you go, no, I've got another band. It's called The Pass Outs. And they replied, oh, is that that Star Wars band? No shit. Do you remember that? That's awesome. Someone said that to you. Yeah, right. Oh, I don't remember, but... Well, I'm surprised <laughs> you don't. That makes sense. I remember you telling me. I, I, I love the fact that, like, the artwork and everything for The Pass Outs has always been Star Wars, but I never actually wrote any music to do with Star Wars at all. I've never written a song to do with Star Wars. You know, so... Maybe um, maybe I should do that before I die. <laughs> Write a song about Star Wars and, and, and have, have it actually you know make sense with the artwork. Um, so there you go. So now if we could kind of change gears again and bring it back over to uh, my left here with uh, Frank Zammett, um, I would love to hear the way you became the bass player for the for the pass outs. You know, the you, you're jamming in your bedroom with your mate, and then you uh, you join a band. What was that first band called? Something Moth? Did you say? Well, yeah. Prior to that. We were we started a, a cover band. Yeah. So we had a female singer, and this female singer used to work at Sanity at the time, at High Point, and she was a really cool rock chick. What's like, Sanity? It's 2018. People yeah. listening to this don't even know what Sanity, the fuck that there is. There is Sanity around here, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there's, I think still, so. one, there's <laughs> still one in Rosebud. Uh, is there in Rosebud? Yeah, there's one in New South Wales and not, as well. No, there, there is one in the Truca, so is there you go. Right? Yeah. They fucking exist. <laughs> they Holy exist. shit. Well, anyway, yeah, Sanity was a, a music CD store. store yes. right? go on, it was go more on. DVDs. It became DVD store. DVDs. But um, yeah, she was pretty cool. She was from the neighborhood. She, yeah. I think we advertised in Mel Bands. We were looking for a singer. And I was stoked that a female singer came along. Yeah. So we had a drummer that was local. Like someone knew someone that knew a drummer. So mm. he would come along to a, a rehearsal. And we were called Blindspot. So we started oh, that's a doing. Good cover band name. Yeah, but I think there was other bands out there that actually had that name too. But <laughs> we just stuck to it. Look, we played a few gigs in town. Um, it was just really hard drumming up. Um, you know, gigs in Melbourne in the CBD because, yeah. you know, you had other great cover bands out there. We were fairly new. But we used to rehearse once a week. Every Wednesday was a ritual for us. We'd, it was really cash, though. Mm. Like, someone would walk up and say, oh, you know, let's play Into Sandman, and, you know, or, you know, Pearl Jam or, you know, Nirvana, for example. It was mostly a lot of top 40, triple M sure, kind yeah. of stuff. So that was really fun, and that's what really got me going. But then I kind of got really sick of just doing covers. Right. And I think the our female singer at the time had enough too. So, oh, yeah. so we had a look at about maybe a year or so? Yeah, we probably did it for about a good two years, I think. So. And you're like 20, 21 at this point? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah so right. I was doing that. And um, she left and there was still the four of us. So, And I'm thinking, do you guys want to do originals? So I had started writing material, like mm -hmm. writing lyrics. And, and our guitarist was writing these really cool riffs and... So we decided to change the name of the band. We called it Orange Moth. Orange Moth. Yeah, which was really bizarre. The rhythm guitarist came up with that name, but I thought it was pretty cool at the time. But it if, you, cool if you think back now, it's pretty lame. Like, <laughs> Orange well, I was, Moth. I wasn't going to say I swear that. to God, like, the way the name came up, we were in his garage rehearsing, and he saw an Orange Moth, and he goes, <laughs> we should call this band Orange Moth. And I'm thinking, dude, man, 
or whatever. You whatever. Know, it was majority yeah. rules. I was like, yeah, if you just want to do it, we'll just do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we just, um, yeah, so I started writing, you know, a guitarist started um, writing lyrics and, and, I mean, sorry, uh, guitar parts and the drum was doing really good drum parts also. And yeah. yeah, we kind of grew and we jailed, we'd done an EP, which was really, we did it within like two, three months and wow. they all wanted to record it. So I've got a recording at home. I've got to show you guys, but. um, Yeah, but no vocals. No, with vocals, I sang on it. Oh, you yeah, sang sorry, on it. I should have said I was Holy singing. Shit, yeah, you sang on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So you were the singer, at bass player. Yeah, I was. And there was two guitarists or just one? Yeah, guitarist? two guitarists, two guitarists, and a drummer, and a drummer. Holy yeah, so shit! Yeah, there was four of us. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I told you this story. Dude, I you have never not. knew that you sang. Yeah, I for did. An original yeah. band. That's why I love this fucking po- podcast, man. Yeah, no, I did. I know you find oh, out right. a lot cool. of things. And how long have you known him? <laughs> for years, man. Yeah. I know. Just, yeah. But it was, I'll, I'll tell you a bit of a story. We, with the Orange Moth, we played a lot of places like the Art House. Yeah. We did the Brunswick. We did, um, there was other couple of shady places down Sydney Road at the time. I can't even remember their name. But we kept on playing at the same venues. Mm. And I really enjoyed singing. I liked it. My wife thought I had a really good voice, mm. and I thought, yeah, all right, she must dig it, and she's a real critic, mind you, yeah? So, mm. um, so Sol said, yeah, you know, continue singing, and I said, all right, no worries. So, one day, we played this gig at the Art House, it was on a Wednesday night, I had a, a bandmate of mine, their band was called Mr. Coffee, they were a ska band. Right. That drummer would always, no, sorry, that saxophone player would always fill in for us sometimes if our drummer couldn't make a gig. So, we'd always... What, he played drums yeah, as well? Yeah, he played drums oh, as well. Okay. Sorry, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he would fill in <laughs> as our drummer. Have, have a saxophone player <laughs> yeah. at the back, no drums. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Yeah, he was a saxophone player in the band called Mr. Coffee, okay. but he was also an excellent drummer. Drummer as well. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's good. And um, he would fill in from time to time. Anyway, he was at this gig, and I remember there was this guy sitting at the back of the venue, and I, I, to this very day, I think he was homeless, right? And he was sitting in there with a <laughs> glass of water. What? Yeah. And I'm, I'm singing this song, and the, 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 there was probably about maybe 20 people, 30 people in there yeah. on a Wednesday night. At the end of the song, this guy rips out, oh, that song sucks, dude. And I was like, what the fuck, right? Excuse the language. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. The guys are looking at me. They all turn around and think, what the hell is this guy doing? Play us another song. That song sucked. But I think he was really on something, yeah? And everyone started booing this guy. Since that gig, he's put me off singing in front of people. What? I swear to God, yeah. That's why. You, you did backing vocals yeah, for the Yeah, because out. it was only backing vocals. It was a couple of lines here and there. Yeah, it wasn't a freaking full song. So because some homeless yeah. bum said that you sucked, you took that on board and you've never pursued being a frontman no, ever again. never oh, again. Goodness. Fuck that guy. So I said to the guys, look, I just want to stick to playing bass. I'll do a bit of backup vocals. And we've got to find a singer. And we've got to find a singer. So that yeah. he's probably still homeless. It's okay. Yeah, I think he is. He probably is still. <laughs> he might yeah, be sitting there still on Facebook, and you're like, "Yeah, look, oh. this dude's still homeless. <laughs> he's got his phone though." So. You know what? <laughs> Seriously, he somehow scored an iPhone. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> "What a dog! This guy's a dog. He's probably yeah, still he's sitting in the same seat." Heckling me. Like, yeah. That song sucked, and I'm like, oh, "Okay, thanks, mate." Like, what do you say? Yeah. Jeez. And then even the crowd were booing this guy. Like, yeah, I'm glad yeah, they had yeah, my yeah. back. Yeah. Of course, man. But then after that gig that night, I think it really hit me. And I'm thinking maybe I shouldn't sing anymore. And I know yeah. my wife was like, "Dude, you know what are you doing? You know, don't let him get to but you." But it kind of got to me, and it really. And to this very day, I still remember that night. Far out. Everyone man. has that bad gig. Not a bad gig. It was quite a great gig. But when you get heckled, yeah. you don't know how to respond as a singer. You know, and you, and you got to be careful because 
you know, if you start a fight or a blue with this bloke, yeah, yeah. you know, the bookers aren't going to book you back in. So you kind of have to take Just it on the chin. Eat it. Yeah. 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 So I thought to myself, yeah, nah, I said to the guys, I can't do this anymore. And yeah. they were like, serious? And I'm like, yeah. So that kind of band kind of dissolved because of that, in a way. Yeah. Oh, so you didn't even bother trying to find a fill in? I mean, no. I'm sorry, not a feeling, like a replacement. Oh, uh, we kind of tried, and I did a couple of more gigs, but I just wasn't comfortable anymore. I was so paranoid. <laughs> oh, so you did actually, because you still had dates booked. So you yeah, we had to finish. Had and you done, kept singing. Exactly right. But at the same time, you were trying to find a singer, but you never did, and mm. it just kind of ended. That's right. And so is that where we get to even flow? That's correct, yeah. Right. And so were any of the bands from Orange Moth yeah, in even flow? Mark was in that. The guitar yeah, player. Yeah, the guitar player. He ah, was, he was there in you it. Go. Yeah. So we kind of still stuck together, which was really cool. I really Just loved you the way. Mark? Yeah, we, myself and Mark. And then we got. It was funny. I said to Mark, I ended up going to a Pearl Jam show back in. What was it? The Ride Act tour. What, what year was that? That would was have 03? been 2003. Three, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember. I went with my brother-in-law at the yeah, time, right? Yeah. And I said, dude, I wouldn't mind starting a Pearl Jam tribute band. Yeah. I spoke to my guitarist at the time, because we weren't doing anything. He goes, yeah, I'm in. He goes, I love I did Pearl Jam. I Pearl Jam, hmm. yeah. So, my brother-in-law at the time wanted to sing. Yeah. He wasn't much of a singer, but he, you know, he was committed. He started taking singing lessons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, oh, fantastic. This might work, yeah? Yeah. We got a drummer straight away. Yeah. Which you would probably recall. Tony. Tony, Yeah. And we had many. My cousin on the keys. No drums. I mean rhythm guitar. Oh, rhythm guitar. Yep, yep, yep. Is he your cousin? Yeah, he was my cousin. Uh, really short. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, he was at the time. He was re- really young. But yeah, we had him as rhythm, and then we had, I think it was Matt on keys. Was his name Matthew? I'm trying to remember his name actually. Yeah, he's but a tallish kind of guy. Yeah. So we had, we started that off. So we started learning all these. Great Pearl Jam songs. We yeah, picked man. the best ones out, which was pretty cool. Carlos was actually um, That's singing. Right, he was a singer. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. singing at the time, and we ended up um, having our very first gig at the Ascot Vale Hotel. Ah, yeah, which was a really good venue. We packed that out. It was our first show. We had you know family, friends. It was probably about easy two hundred people crammed in this little wow. uh, room. But the funny thing was. Carlos had a birthday the night before, and I said to him, mate, you've got to sing, take it a bit easy. This is our first gig. I said, take it easy. He's like, yeah, no worries. I think he had a 21st or something like that. He goes, yeah, 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 I'm all right. I'll I'll be right for the show. Rock up to the gig. He's lost his voice. Completely lost it. He he could barely sing. That's how bad it was. (gasps) Oh, man. And we had 200 people in this place crammed in waiting for us to play, yeah? Oh, dude. You should have taken the reins. Oh, well, I had to sing some of the songs, not all of them, but some to help him out, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I th- he struggled in the beginning, and then I think, I don't know if it could have been the nerves, but he did party up, and I said to him, mate, you've just ruined the show. Like, what have you done, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, excuse me, and um, yeah, he was, he was a bit devastating, but I think people dug it. Yeah. They were complimenting how great we sounded, but probably not the actual vocals. Yeah. <laughs> probably the band itself. Oh, mate, did I have a voice? No, you know? no. Yeah. So that was our very first gig. Yeah. But then it kind of continued. People heard about us. They were coming to the shows. Yeah. Um, and so Carlos continued for a Carlos while. Carlos continued for probably about three or f- four months, I think. And then yeah. we started looking for another singer. 
Um, and so then, why did you start looking for another singer? Because he, yeah, I think he kind of lost his interest at the end, and I think oh, okay. because he was studying uni too, right. kind of played an impact with exams yeah. and so on. So yeah, we so we advertised again, and yeah. then we had an. I think it was another Blake before before Suriani came on board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, he was a bit of a mess. We do gigs, he'll be drunk. Oh really? Yeah, mm. he thought he was Eddie Vedder, but he couldn't sing his parts so it was just no it was really yeah it was really i couldn't do book shows and we were sounding this terrible yeah yeah, so and yeah so that was that he he probably lasted about two months i think three months and that and then that was it and then you posted on the mel band that's correct and i replied to it yeah um because yeah i think i think the timeline was like i was not playing with little eric at at the time and i wasn't doing any originals um I may have been writing my own tunes, but I don't think I was really pursuing that. And I saw that and I was like, oh, Pearl Jam, yeah. Mm. So I went along to the Corey's. That's correct. Yeah, that's where we're holding um, holding auditions there. Yeah, Yeah, you're holding auditions there. And I went along. I think I even brought along my uh, guitar with me. Yeah, you did. Did I bring my guitar? I think you had your... Because I might have been able to play like corduroy and review mirror and better man like i had a bunch of songs that i could actually play and sing that's right and the rest i just said look i i don't really know the ones that he doesn't play guitar on obviously because i just taught myself a lot of those tunes because i just love the band and uh and then auditioned and then um we started gigging that's right yeah and we did a few shows man we did a fair few shows actually we talked about the one at the hi-fi bar but we also played um i remember there was the one it was the one it was the last gig that we did. It was up near Kroll Castle or something. I was in Ballarat. That's right. Remember? Yeah. Ballarat. And old mate, I won't say which member of the band. I don't want to stitch <laughs> him up. But old mate went down because there was a there was a bar downstairs that was closed. But the bar fridge was open. You could get in there. And we weren't really given much to drink the night before. Or I think it was the night of or whatever. The, the night of, yeah. Yeah, there wasn't much of a rider. Mm. So what does old mate do? He goes in there. That's right. And fucking racks a slab and, and steals them. Yeah. And so we... And I was like... I said that this was when I left the band. I said to Frankie, I was like, no, that's right. We kept gigging without no, him for we a did, while. yeah. Because I gave him an ultimatum. Yeah. I said, it's either you kick this bloke out or I'm I'm scooting. I don't want to be in a band with a, right. with a thief. Yeah. <laughs> you right? I was that serious about yeah, it. You fly so straight, man. Fuck I yeah, I fly straight as a fucking oh, look, I, I was I was really shocked too because I'm the type of person who don't steal from the hand that feeds you, yeah? So yeah. I, I'm, I'm like that too. So. Yeah, 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 and, course, and, it's, yeah. And, and I don't think it took, because you were pretty much the leader of that band, man. Yeah. And, and I, you didn't take that, long to say, look, Dave, we want you to stay in. We're going to ask him to leave. Don't yeah. worry about it. And it was we, kind of getting to that moment, yeah. Yeah, and and at the time, like we we I was playing a lot more guitar at that point. I'd learned a lot more of the rhythm parts. That's right. So it didn't really matter, mm. you know. And we're like, oh, we can keep more of the coin because it wasn't a cover. It wasn't a trip. Uh, fuck. It wasn't an original band. It was a tribute band. So we were actually treating it as money. Like, That's right. Yeah. None of the money that went into the band contributed to anything it's not like we could sell t-shirts at the gigs exactly right you know, yeah. you're a tribute just take band. it home yeah. just yeah. take it home you know but we ended up doing a few more gigs after that i remember yeah we did we we stuck around for we a couple of years we had a bit of a residency not a residency it wouldn't, oh yeah it probably was once a month at mr pockets in tallamarine that was that? it mr pockets yes that was a really hall. good venue yeah we that played there with like was there a bon jovi tribute band that we played with or? i think so there was a bon jovi and then there was a um, Ozzy Osbourne Ozzy Osbourne that's right Black yeah, Sabbath tribute Black band Sa- yeah that was a, an interesting night it was fun yeah yeah it was good well because it's actually because um, I know our listeners may not know this but the the members of the Pass Outs and the members um, 
Well, one member of Smokestack Rhino uh, uh, did for a time, and uh, members of Warbirds and a couple of other just musos that we know, we put on a Pearl Jam tribute to the albums of That's the right. band. So each, each time, so like we've done 10 and we've done verses. Um, but there is actually a Pearl Jam tribute band at the moment in Melbourne. And yes, they play that's every review, year. Review Mirror. Is it Review called. Mirror? Yeah. And they do like Smells Like the 90s every that's year. That's right. And they play with like an Alice in Chains tribute. And yeah. they play with a Stone Temple Pilots tribute. And there's even a like a, a, a 90s girl um, tribute band. Obviously, I think they just like do garbage and, um, you know, like No Doubt and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But um, yeah. That blows my mind that there's still a Pearl Jam tribute band out there that does you know what? like the, the whole show. The like, music still lives on and yeah, they're still man. playing. Well, I mean, the yeah. band doesn't really come out here very often. No. You know, I mean, the last time they came out here, they headlined Big Day Out and that was it. Yeah. For their last time. They didn't even do a, a sideshow. I think that was 2014 too, would have been. Yeah, it's been ages. Yeah. You know? yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, and so then the, the, the Evenflow band stopped um, and then the Pass Out started. And your band Cognito started. That's correct, yeah. Because the pass out started in, in 2006. Yeah. And so that means, means if timeline-wise, the, the, the Evenflow band would have finished around 2005, 2006. It did. We kind of went our separate ways, didn't we, at yeah. that time? Um, which was, I think it was a really good thing because it was an opportunity for myself to get back and doing originals again. Yeah, man. Um, you kind of get sick of doing covers because every man and his dog were doing covers so yeah but um and i think we came to the conclusion that there was like we did that gig with kiss Troyer, and there was sort of, like, heaps of people there to see mm. them and literally there was no one there to see us because mm. like kiss Troyer is one of those bands that you can tribute kiss sorry is a band that you can do a tribute to where because they don't really gig at all you know i mean they do now but back then mm. you know and obviously if you do a good kiss tribute like there's people going to be at your shows because people fucking obsessed <laughs> with that band whereas pearl jam they'll just wait five years for them to come out yeah exactly <laughs> no no and that's true still yeah. too young that's what it was yeah yeah exactly. they were they were the band, band the band still. Is still that's young. right they were that's right um and so yeah then you joined cognito yeah so they were looking for a bass player and um, this was a new band coming together mm. um so they had just written I think about three or four tracks. Um, they gave me samples of the tracks to put my own bass lick on it. Went for yeah. an audition and they loved it. And they yeah. said, yeah, we want you to join. And yeah, and then it was history after that. It was a really good experience. I, to this very day, I always believe we had really, really good radio rock songs. Like yeah. the um, singer was a great rhythm guitarist also. Yeah. Um, he only he sung a fair bit more than playing the guitar, but he was really good lyrically. He had really good melodies. Um, did a great job writing music. Yeah. Um, and that, that went really, really well. Like, I started booking a lot of shows. So I remember um, the Pass Outs in the early days played with Cognito That's a lot. right, we did, yeah. You know, it was, um, I think mainly it was when it was the the three-piece version of the Pass Outs when I had the um, the girl on the bass guitar. That's right, I remember her, oh, yeah. what was her name? That's terrible. I know it was Ross on drums and her name escapes me right now but yeah i remember we played a lot together in that lineup that's right circa like 2008 2009 kind of that's thing right, and yeah. that's when cognito were, and like we did the brunswick hotel yeah we did like i think the spot in collingwood yeah we did that we did idgaf in abbotsford idgaf remember that that was pretty cool venue yeah it was man. very small and jasmine intimate. that was her name that's jasmine right. on bass yeah yeah 
And that was a really cool venue. I used to love going to that place. It was yeah, very it was cool. indie, very... Yeah, now it's called the yeah. Boogeyman Bar, I think. That's right. It's, it's still, still there. Going. Yeah, yeah, still going. Yeah. yeah. Far out, man. That was some cool gigs, man. Yeah, but it was good. I, I really enjoyed it when we used to play together. Like, yeah. it, was good. it was a good catch-up. Yeah. And we had our own bands and playing with each other. It was yeah, really good. Yeah, because we knew each other from yeah. another band, and then we would book shows together. It was basically an excuse for us to hang yeah, out again. it was. You know? yeah. yeah, it was cool. It was yeah, cool. It was good to reminisce. But yeah. no, that was, yeah, it was a really good time with Cognito. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. But then the, <laughs> the singer started studying. Like, he, st- he, went to go, he wanted to go back to university. Yep. And it just kind of ended up dissolving. We ended up recording at Salt Studios in South Yarra. Yeah. Um, that was a really good session. That was so much fun. And we've still to this day have never released it, mm. never released anything. So, and everyone's kind of gone their own ways now, but it kind of probably dissolved in a way too. He left. I was sick of booking gigs and oh, dude. just got like, you probably understand how oh, it is. It's yeah, just man. becomes a nightmare. You got four or five guys trying to work together, and it just really was Get very difficult. In, in the room together to yeah. rehearse and then book exactly. the shows. Yeah, man. I yeah. Know. I know, definitely. I mean, I mean, that was kind of like the catalyst why the passouts kind of started playing less and less mm. in 2014. Even before um, I joined Smokestack Rhino, I was kind of burnt out from booking the shows because mm. it just takes so much time. It's a hard job, you mate. Know, you have to organise your own band, but then you have to organise the, the booker of the venue. And then if the venue changes bookers, you have to reintroduce yourself to the new booker mm. and, and prove yourself all over again. Mm. And then you have to deal with all the other bands. And putting them on the bill. And then like two weeks before the gig, some band pulls out and you've got to find another band. Like mm. there's so many things that go together to put together a successful night of music in Melbourne. People just assume that like it just comes together, but it's so much work behind it all. Mm. Even like, uh, you know, putting the posters together. You know, that is... And some venues have their own poster designer, but not many. Most of the time, it's someone in the band who's got an interest in doing it. And for the past, that was me. Yeah, exactly right. You know? Um but um, so yeah, so they they went they separate ways, and then I I think my bass player at the time was on the outs, and that and I remember talking to you at a similar time saying, oh, what's going on with Cognito? Yeah, I remember that. I think I even asked you to join the band, and you were still with Cognito. Yeah, I was at the time. Yeah, and you, and, and you said no because I was like, oh, I'm still with Cognito. I don't think I could be in two bands. And then you you kind of revisited it after that, and and I was like, yeah, I still need a bass player, man. If you're keen. Yeah, I remember I was in Hawaii when that happened. And I got you were messaging me. Is that right? Yeah, I was in Hawaii. I remember that. And um, and I was really thinking about. It. I'm thinking, you know what? I wouldn't mind a bit of change of scenery in a way. Yeah. yeah. And because plus I dug the music, Pass yeah. music. I really dug it, and I thought it was different too. Thanks, man. No, it's alright. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, yeah. So and and it was dissolving. Cognito was dissolving at the yeah, time. So yeah. it was an opportunity for me to probably jump ship, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And so the pass outs were, we started doing just duo gigs, bro. That's right. Because there was no drummer Mm. and no guitarist. So we used to play, we played, um, what was that place near Yaya's? It was on the same side, the, the, the green. Oh, that's when they closed down. They closed down. What was that place called? The Jade Bar. The Jade, was it the The, Jade Bar? Something like that. It was, anyway, yeah, we played that. I think it's on YouTube, Glorified Caveman. That's right. That song off the record, it's a couple of songs in off the record, and there's an acoustic version of that. And we would just play all those tunes, just just us. That's right. You know, I would just book gigs. I'm like, I'm not losing momentum. I want these songs. And and it was a good chance for us to kind of gel Mm. as a a duo as well, so that when we did eventually find a drummer, that um, the songs could actually become a, a, a cohesive unit. 
Fuck, I'd forgotten about that, man. Again, a, a lo- another thing I like about the pass outs, you actually kind of remember <laughs> shit you've forgotten about your own freaking <laughs> life, bro. Out of control. <laughs> and so after that, I was just dead set on getting an album out there because I had all these songs. We had the... Uh, uh, the, the the history of the passouts was uh, we'd done a single and we'd done an EP both with completely different lineups and then um, I'd been writing songs and songs and songs and I was like well I've now got enough for an album uh, you know we've got um, Zamet who's committed to the band and wants to appear as the bass player um, and then we, we didn't have a drummer but I was working with uh, Kappa at school on the pre-production mm. and you recorded all the pre-production in Studio 301. I remember that. Yes, you remember. <laughs> you were there. I was there. And um, we gave all that pre-pro to Venom. That's right. Who used to play for Electric Mary. And I said, look, you know, tell me what your fee is. And he was, it was a modest fee. I was like, sweet, I'm going to get Venom on the kit. And so we laid down the drums and it literally took two years to record that album from when we laid down the drums and all the guide stuff till the actual release of the Jeez, record. That's right. It was such it a long two time. years. Mm. And that is a very long time, mm. you know, because what it was, we were recording um, at RMIT uh, with Timmy J, and he was very gracious to let us use the university's um, studio, but only when it wasn't booked for the students. And that was friggin' never. Mm. The students were in there all the time, you know? So Timmy's like, hey, hey, I've got a weekend free. You want to book? I'm like, yes, I want to book in. Yeah, I'll get a muso together. We'll, we'll come and do some more on the album. And um, over a two-year period, if um, if those are interested at home, if you look up the Pass Outs studio diaries on YouTube, I even put a little documentary together That's of right. how it all came together, you know, the history of the band, um, at least for that, you know, that time in, its, in, in our career. And so, yeah, then obviously... The timeline is we, we, we release the album to a packed cherry bar with Capper on drums and Old Mate on the guitar as well. Catolico mm. was in the band for a good uh, maybe six months or so leading up to the launch, I believe. Yeah. He did a bunch of gigs with us as well. Yeah. Um, and um, unfortunately, he, he left the band and then we kept gigging. We kept the momentum going for about another six to 12 months because, um, fuck, man, I went all out with merch, eh? Yeah. <laughs> we, had to, we had to offload it somewhere. You know, I was like, fuck, I've got so much merch. We better fucking play put, some shows. Put some and, gigs to yeah. try to sell some of this shit. <laughs> Usually, like, the drummer would rock up with all the gear. Yeah. And then this guy rocked up <laughs> with even more gear. <laughs> oh, man. The banner, the, the merch, the skate decks, the. The table, the posters. The, yeah. Yeah, oh. I even booked, I brought a table just in case the venue didn't That's have right, a table for me table. to set it up on. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Skateboards. And, uh, yeah, but what is this? A vinyl as well. We released it on both colored vinyl and just regular vinyl. I organized digital download cards. So if people didn't have a vinyl player but wanted to take it home as a collectible, they could still at least get the music onto their phones mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. Obviously, CDs. We, we did a hidden track on the CD. That's right. You know, so when you've got two years, you can do a fucking mm. lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And look where we are. And look, <laughs> but dude, I am so, so proud of that album. You know, super proud of, of what we were able to accomplish. Um, we sold out the Cherry Bar, um, which is insane for a band that, you know, really no one's really ever heard of. Yeah, other exactly. Than our little music community here in Melbourne. It was a great gig. It was an insane awesome gig. Awesome gig. Yeah, it was great. I remember, you know, um, rehearsing our tits off for that show, mm. you know, and um, I think there was, for our listeners who, who unfortunately never, maybe some of you did get to see the pass outs, maybe, maybe you didn't, but we would um, come on to um, like entrance music. 
and I think for the for the for the album launch it was Star Wars. It was. <laughs> it, it was, was Star Imperial Wars. March. Yeah. I remember one time I used the uh, Game of Thrones theme music and I was so excited to see your faces and both of you gave me this blank stare. I'm like... <laughs> And they're like, you're like, what's this fucking cello shit, Davo? What you got? Why are we coming on this? I'm like, it's Game of Thrones. Where have you been living under a fucking rock? And you're like, you both were like, oh, I haven't seen that show. It's <laughs> true. I still haven't seen an episode. Still haven't either. You Me still neither. haven't seen it. <laughs> nah. You're the only people in the world. That's insane. <laughs> oh, it's a great show, man. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. so yeah, we came out to that. We came out, obviously, to you know, Imperial March a bunch of times. Um... What else did we come out with? Oh, just I oh, would just you we know, came out with the Ghostbuster theme once. Did we really at the yeah. Brunswick Hotel? The I remember that. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That would have been funny. And the Seinfeld theme. I remember did that really? one. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is freaking awesome. I love this. I don't remember that. Yeah, do you was remember it, that? It was, was at the Seinfeld? Brunswick Hotel. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Seinfeld movie. Okay, far out. Yeah, Seinfeld theme. That was funny. And well, I mean, this, the podcast is called Art of Touring, and the pass outs, mate. We did. A couple of shows in Sydney, didn't we? Hey? Oh, that was great. That was so much fun. Awesome. That was that yeah. was, that was awesome, fun. Hey? That was really cool. The drive was killer, though. Oh, no. oh. Fucking drive was killer. I but, don't know because I didn't drive. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you were already there. We were still on the way. Yeah. So, oh, man. for some context again for our listeners, um, I booked this uh, Sydney tour because it was the Jubilee year for St. Monica's. And um, there was all these events happening, and St. Monica's um, put together a... Uh, this was in 2014, like halfway through 2014, because we had launched the album at this point. Mm. And um, they put on these pilgrimages around Australia, and you could go to Sydney, you could go to Adelaide. There was one just here in Melbourne, um, and it was all paid for by the school. You know, you'd fly up on the Wednesday, do a few seminars, and then fly home on the Friday. And I um, asked my school, I was like, hey, do you mind if I stay on in Sydney for a couple of days and just move my my flight to the Sunday and they were like yeah that's fine a, a lot of people were requesting that we're, we're happy to you know to let you do that you just have to sort out your own accommodation while you're up there for those extra two days I'm like yeah I'll just have a little holiday thanks very much and so um, I organised a couple of gigs the Friday night the Saturday night the Friday night we played the um, yeah. Easy Tiger oh Easy Tiger yeah. yeah Easy Tiger which doesn't exist anymore really oh okay yeah it doesn't exist unfortunately it was uh, for those people who were living in Sydney at the time uh, you would remember it. It was such a cool venue. It was. You would, they had like, uh, it was basically like a, a just a, a regular pub, like with pokies and everything upstairs. But then downstairs was like this dive bar where they sold like hot dogs and French fries and all around the venue was posters of pinup girls, like old vintage right. Playboy pictures and stuff mm. like that. It was the coolest venue I've ever been in and it's not there. It's closed. Oh, there you go. But I guess the kind of one that has popped up in the last few years that kind of is a similar vibe to it is Frankie's Pizza oh, yeah. in Sydney, which you guys haven't been to. No, nah, I've never played there, no. Yeah, yeah. So Frankie's Pizza is kind of like the new, I feel, is the, is the new Easy Tiger because I think they took a lot from that venue because they, instead of doing Americana Fair, they, they serve pizza in the front area. Um, but in the back bar, um, it's like a you know rock and roll venue. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have all, like when you go into the pizza area, they've got all old photos of like all wogs. I can say that because I'm a wog and I'm talking to a couple of wogs. Yeah, so. <laughs> if anyone's listening, oh, he's not being PC, fuck off. I'm allowed to say it. I'm a wog. Um, they've got all pictures of all fa- family photos of all old Italians and, and all the different, you know. Really? Um, yeah, Europeans. So I don't think they're genuine. I think they're all taken from the internet, but they look legit. 
Okay. And it really adds to the, the atmosphere of the, of, the, of the venue. But yeah, we played Easy Tiger and we did a gig at FBI Social. Again, another venue that doesn't exist anymore. Oh, is that closed down? Closed too. as well. Wow. Yeah, yeah. The, this, because of the lockout laws up there, the venues just open and close all the time. Wow. Yeah, and that was... But tell me your experience of that. Because you said, yeah, you guys were freaking for 12 hours in the van while Davo's just up there loving life. Uh, we had a pretty cool drive, though. It was, it was all right. It was yeah. good. It was enjoyable. Um, to, to some extent, it was enjoyable. No, it was fun. Yeah. Like, no, it was about, what, 10-hour drive? Yeah, yeah nine, about a nine-hour nine drive. Nine-hour drive. Yeah. It we, was fun. We, we left at about five in the morning. We did, didn't we? Got there at two in the afternoon. Yeah. Remember, yeah. On the Friday? Yeah. You So you both just took the day off work on the Friday? Yeah. Just well, you needed it. Day. Yeah, you needed yeah. the day. <laughs> kind of wagged work, but anyway. Yeah, like, yeah. But you made it up there. Yeah, yeah we did. But I remember we, were, we got pulled over by the police at the time. At oh, the really? Time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened there? We were just driving, and then all of a sudden, we were doing the speed limit, it was over, you. Just crossing, just crossing over the border, I'm pretty sure. That's, That's where right. They it was were, in New South they Wales. Saw Vic yeah. Plates. Yeah. Ah. They saw Vic Plates, and they were like, what are you doing here? Yeah. What do you want? <laughs> Like we're coming it's to rock the fuck out of you. Yeah. <laughs> He's looking at the backseat. He goes, oh, what have you got in there, boys? Oh, it's just a drum kit. He goes, where are you going? We're playing in Sydney. Oh, wow. He was pretty cool, though. He wasn't that bad. He was all right. He yeah. was all right. He's one just, he was just doing his job. Yeah, he was doing his job. He goes, yeah, he breathe bored. into this. and yeah. He was bored. And that was I it. I think it was, yeah. Lucky we didn't take anything on the way there. Hey? No, we no, probably no. wouldn't have made it to Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a very different experience. We would have been locked up, I think. Oh, <laughs> I just remember you guys arriving because I'd booked us some accommodation. It was pretty nice accommodation, by the way. It was. I, I it was feel. pretty good, yeah. Since, since touring um, a lot more since that time, that accommodation was fucking five star compared to the places I stayed um, with Smokestack. Mm. We stayed fucking the worst, most cheap-ass fucking places you'd have ever imagined. <laughs> <laughs> and I can say that because I know these guys don't listen to the podcast, so it doesn't really matter. But the accommodation that they fucking chose was, was terrible because it was all about, you know, saving money, like staying at backpackers. And it's, look, that's not unique to that band. Most bands do that to yeah. save money on mm. tour so they can actually bring home some profit, yeah. which makes sense. But um, yeah, you look, I'm a princess, man. I like having a nice bed to sleep on. You know what I mean? It's well deserved, I I'd think. I'd say it's fair. Yeah. Most definitely. Mm. But I do remember you guys getting there, and you guys were cactus. You just like both laying on the bed. Because I think it was like a single and a double, so we had to share top and tails, whatever. We were on the double, weren't we? Didn't yeah. yeah. We, he, had the, he had the double to himself. Yeah. And then we and had to we share. we had to share. <laughs> <laughs> I stitches up after traveling for nine hours. I was like, yep, you get to share as well, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> but that place had a pool and everything, man. It yeah, did, but it was yeah. cold. It was, it was cold up there, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't too bad. Oh, no, the actually, Saturday, the Saturday, Saturday was, was really, really nice. warm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was good. That yeah. was a great. great yeah, day. I, I remember that Friday night gig. That fr- actually, that you know, was sick man. It that was, was awesome. It was really good, but fuck, it was a blur. I tell you, after after that whole that drive and like going, I think that's that what whole, kills you. Yeah, whole way. we played with that band. We played with the band called Swamp Harlot. That's I remember correct. that. Yeah. yeah. And I remember because I bought their T-shirt. I remember that. And that was a oh, great-looking yeah. T-shirt. Yeah, man. Yeah. I've, I've since turned it into a, a sleeveless. A singlet, yeah. Oh. A singlet, yeah. Showing the guns. So, oh, yeah, mate. I go to the gym every morning, mate. Look at those, look <laughs> Ooh, at those geez, bad boys, look at mate. That. Yeah. I can, I'm if not on the juice, smell. though. <laughs> yes. I secretly want to be a wrestler. As our listeners know from last, last week's episode, I, uh, I, I interviewed the first wrestler last week, Eric Reed. Um, so, yeah, no, that's why I'm at the gym, you know. You'll see me in the wrestling ring before you know it. But, um, <laughs> no, yeah, we, we, we played that show. And then the following night, we played with The Strangers, was it? 
It was Who something was it? like that, yeah. Was it the strange? I can't remember their name. Either. I can't remember. But they were super, like, really serious, eh? Because we were playing their show. Yeah. I remember, because it wasn't our gig, because I'm pretty sure that the Easy Tiger was, we were headlining. Yeah, we were supporting them. But we were supporting, and they were, they were really serious. And, and they, that's right, they had their, their crew there. And they stayed all the way back while we were playing. And then as soon as they played, everyone just pushed Mm. to the front and were really like just gagging for the lead singer because I think most of the chicks there just had a thing for him, eh? But I don't remember. Was it was a strange? I can't remember the name of the band. I remember. I remember like Sydney being quite hospitable, to be honest. Like I remember it being. Like, and um, remember that couple we met in the bar downstairs before we played? That's right. And they came up to the show. Yeah, and they came up to the show and. Yeah. Had a few beers and... No, oh, dude, it was great. Yeah. It was an awesome experience. Yeah, it was good. It was, it was great. But next time, if I ever do a interstate tour, I'm yeah. flying. I am not driving. Yeah, there. there's dude, no way. No I'm way. Ever and again. It's, it's just a bit of a hard... You'd hope, you'd just hope the, you know, the drummer would let you use his kit, you know, sort of thing. Well, that's the thing, man, isn't it? You know, yeah. If, if, if not, if you're local, I'm not coming. You just bring your <laughs> breakables, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you bring your breakables, you should be able to, you know, use someone else's kit. That's yeah. that's, that's that's pretty industry standard. If yeah, you are coming course, up, and, yeah. and if a Sydney band's coming down, you you know return the favour kind of thing. You mm. know what I mean? So yeah, no, that that definitely makes sense. Oh man, um, it has been so great catching up with the pass outs. Yeah, it's been great. Thank been you awesome. for yeah. having us. Yeah, man. Yeah, glad having to be here. Yeah, man. <laughs> having us. Having, having us. And having um, F squared. If people can't get enough of the pass outs, you can check out all our stuff online. It's still on there, man. And you can buy our merch. You know nice. what I mean? Uh, we got, got like, heaps we of it. We got, <laughs> we're looking want... at all of it right here. <laughs> we got vinyls coming out of our ears. <laughs> posters and CDs and stickers and skateboards and everything under the sun. But um, yeah, uh, again, but before I do go, though, I want to ask you guys, um, if people want to follow your musical journeys, where can they see you? Because I know, um, Kappa, you have an Instagram account, don't you? Yeah. Which you do your drumming stuff on. Can you tell us about that? Um, it's called Frank Kappa Drums, mm-hmm. and that's basically it. Uh, it's just, I've been quite MIA, um, with it lately. Yeah. But I do plan to, well, now that I'm settled back in and yeah. got a new job and, you know, have my afternoons and my weekends again. Yes. Um, I definitely plan on, on putting more content on it. Up there, yeah. Because um, you did like a North Lane cover. Yeah, I did the- That was sick, man. Yeah, yeah, the cover of Rock. <laughs> That was really two years ago cool. now. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I need to I need to get back in the studio and do that. Yeah. Um, do something else. Do like heaps of them. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll, that's mainly where I upload the content. Yeah, cool on the Instagram. Yeah, and um, that's it really. I mean, I don't really use the YouTube, Facebook, a, a little, little bit. bit of Facebook, but yeah, yeah. Mainly Insta. I mean, these days it's so so much easier, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. And if anyone wants to see all of the exotic locations Frank Zamet goes on. Friend him on Facebook. That's guy, it, mate. This guy's a holiday maker. <laughs> yeah, His holidays you are out of control. Get some great time. pictures. Come on my Instagram account and look Dude. at my Facebook account. Look at my Kate Patterson trip. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> so what is it on Instagram that people can follow you, follow oh, you on? Oh, it's Frankie Zamet. Frankie Zamet, okay. Yeah. And they can see all your adventures yeah, on there. Yeah, see the adventures on there, yeah. So. Awesome, boys. Well, um, yeah, as I said, thank you so much for joining me on the Art of Touring, guys. It's been great catching up, and I'll see you on the road. Same. Thanks, Dave. Cheers, Davo. See you, boys. Take care. Yeah.
There you go, Sizzlers. Episode 32 in the bag. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, give the podcast a share on social media and use the hashtag Art of Turing Podcast on Instagram and give us a follow at Art of Turing. If you'd like to get in contact with me, please email me directly at artofturingpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe you'd like to come on the show if you're a muso or a wrestler or a, a golf pro, send me a message on Instagram at Art of Turing Podcast. You can listen to Art of Turing on Wooshka and you can download it on iTunes. If you have enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to give the podcast a rating within the podcast app on your phone and write a short review. And stick around next week for another episode. I release these bad boys every week for free. So get in and have a listen with old mate Siriani every week. Tune in next week for my interview with Christian Nativo. It's another first for the podcast next week. I have had drummers on as guests of the podcast in the past, but always as part of a band. Like this week, we had Frank Kappa as part of the band. Um, and in previous episodes, we've had drummers on as part of bands, but never one-on-one with a drummer. So something to look forward to next week. I'm going to sit down with Christian. Now let's get into some plugs. The theme music for Art of Turing is a song called Start a Fire by The Pass Outs, which is available to stream on Spotify or download on iTunes. You can grab the whole album by The Pass Outs on all digital platforms. If you'd like to grab a physical copy or uh, on CD or on glorious vinyl or regular colored vinyl, go to thepassouts.bandcamp.com where you can get all your merchandise, including t-shirts, stickers, posters, and even skateboards. That's all from me this week. Before I go, I have a few shout-outs. Shout-out to Chris Wall, who designed the artwork for the show. You can follow him on Instagram at Mr. Wall, spelt W-A-H-L. Big thanks to my guests this week, Frank Kappa and Frankie Zamet. You can follow them on Instagram at Frankie Zamet and at Frank Kappa Drums. And, even, and I've even created an Instagram account for the Passouts. So if you'd like to follow that as well, the handle is at the Passouts Band. It's a pretty bare at the moment. We have a few followers. No posts as yet, but you never know your luck in the big city. The first post might be just around the corner. So give us a follow. That's all from me this week. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time for another episode of Art of Turing with the Sizz Dog. Ow, ow, ow! Woo! Remember, this week's podcast was brought to you by the Cantina Band, where every song sounds the same because it is. Um, now, I've, I've, I've got the, the fucking the dodgy one tonight. I've got the fucking, you know, no mic stand vibe. You guys have the, the professional podcast mic stands. Cool, All right. The only wow. thing is um, you're going to need to talk into it about here. To, to be able to be heard. Well, you have to kiss it. Kiss but it just, but yeah. You can't be back here, mate, like you were here now. Have you got yeah, Glenn? Have you got Glenn Twenty, mate? So I spray. <laughs> Dude, I just I'm I just I'm opened it. Kidding, I swear to God. That's a brand new one. Look, look, see, brand new cunt. Yeah, man. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> now, now it's so much better because now I just sit on Facebook, see who's online, see who's a, who's a muso, message them. Say, hey, you want to come over and talk shit for fucking an hour on my podcast? Why not, mate? And they go, yeah, all right, Davo. <laughs> or they go, yeah, nah. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I get a lot of knockbacks, you know. Right, that's it. But I don't want those people on my podcast. I want people that actually want to, you know, yeah. tell their story and, you know, have a chat and have a fucking good time, you know. Yeah. Drinking a glass of water. 
It's very rock and roll, the water. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> the water, fuck. <laughs> yeah, well, I do have two beers in the fridge, but I couldn't tell you how long they've been in there yeah. now. So, you know, if you want to partake after the show, you're more than welcome. That's fine, mate. I'm easy. <laughs> um, should have given us the heads up. I would have bought a six-pack. <laughs> right? Hey? <laughs> Fucking six-pack of beer. There's some Coronas there. Hang on, no, that's just dead technology. <laughs> like a million copies of our album. <laughs> I'll introduce you both, but for the purposes of, of tonight, I'm going to refer to you guys as Kappa and Zamet. Yeah, that's fine. Because no if I just say Frank, people will be like, which Frank is he fucking talking to? <laughs> and you both sound pretty similar, so it'd be pretty, it'd be pretty oh, confusing. Shit. To be like, hey, Kappa, fucking, how long have you been drumming? Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. All right? Yeah. I'll easy. just get stuck into it. Now I've got to remember how long I've been drumming for. <laughs> right? Is that one of the questions? <laughs> All right, let's get stuck into it. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start that, mate. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. You are listening to the Art of Touring pod... pod okay, let me start that again. I usually do that really well, and you guys have fucking got me on my back 40 already. 